This is an audio recording of the Lendit Fintech Weekly News Show. The show is streamed live on Lendit TV, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter at 5 p.m. Eastern Time every Thursday. In this fast-paced show, the Lendit News team and a special guest discuss the most important fintech news stories of the past week. Good afternoon, everybody. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, my name is Peter Renton, Chairman and Co-Founder of Lended Fintech, and we are here for the weekly Lended Fintech News Show, joined as always by my good friend and colleague, Todd Anderson. How are you doing, Todd? I'm well, Peter. How are you? Doing great. Got your new setup, I see, in your, in your home office there, which is great to right. see. And uh, back again, we have um, Dan Kwan um, from, God, I, didn't, I never, remember, never remember how to say your new company. How do you say it? Nev Call Ventures. Never cautious. Never ah, never cautious. I like it. Nev Call <laughs> Ventures. All right. How are you doing, Dan? Good. Thanks for uh, having me back, Peter and Todd. Okay. You See you, Dan. Yeah. Let's let's kick it off. Uh, I want to start today um, with some big funding news. This was the biggest the biggest funding news of the week. Uh, consensus. It's been in the news a lot lately, but um, they have raised. Another large funding round, $450 million, now worth $7 billion. The round led by Parify Capital with participation, most interestingly, I think, from Microsoft. Also SoftBank and, Tem- and Temasek, they are, they're, they're regular inve- uh, investors. But Microsoft going into, into DeFi and, uh, and the sort of the whole Web3 ecosystem, it looks like this is, this is like if – if not the first, then uh, one of the first investments that Microsoft, Microsoft have done in crypto, which is interesting. So, um, yeah, what uh, what do you guys think? I think it was. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not surprising Microsoft is is doing and uh, jumping in to this. Um, you know, I think with the with how popular Ethereum is. Uh, and what's being built on Ethereum um, these days, I think you're going to see a lot more people get further involved like Microsoft has. Uh, and I thought it was interesting, some of the comments um, I think is Joseph Lubin made uh, when he was talking about some of the competitors uh, mm-hmm. like Solana and others, how they um, have been incentivizing others to, to use their um you know, their blockchains um, and that eventually they need to fix their business plan, so to speak. Uh, But right now there's, you know, there's a lot of interest um, on Ethereum. uh, And I mean, this is where finance is going. I think, um, you know, the fact that big tech is now getting involved is is only potentially making this even more exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, than it already is because then you're bringing not only the financial and crypto enthusiasts when you're talking about uh, some of this stuff, but now you're bringing in, you know, huge big tech corporations. And I see later we'll we'll get to, you know, the X factor that maybe Apple could get to, to be in the space. But, uh, you know, it's, it's everything going on in crypto right now is is beyond fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with what Todd just said. I think it's interesting to see, you know, Web2 companies are joining bands with Web3. So what's the old adage, you know, if you cannot, you know, defeat them, join them. So um, 
you know, I think it will be even more interesting if if Twitter, oh sorry, not Twitter, Block, <laughs> Jack Dorsey became an investor in one of those Web three companies because he's such he's a big doubter, or even Elon Musk right. became an investor in Web three. Both of them have you know deep suspicions about the future of Web three. Um, and the other thing I think is really interesting is um, you know this year, as you know, uh, from from the uh, uh, Venture side is very different from the past two years. Um, you know, valuations are dropping, um, and uh, you know you can't just raise a you know raise a round with just a with a deck uh, and some fancy charts. So, um, and this, especially, I think the pressure is on the early, the late stage growth stage companies. It's harder and harder to to raise big rounds at a hefty valuation. And I think it's really it's really telling that you know uh, crypto firms. Um, or consensus in this case in particular uh, has still continuously um, got the investors strong interest and they, they are able to raise a big round with a still very high valuation. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, uh, crypto seems to be not as uh, impacted, it seems like, as traditional fintech, shall we say, by some of these uh, valuation issues. But anyway, let's let's move on. I may have, let, let's just let's go straight in and talk about Apple because there was an article in Bloomberg uh, this week talking about uh, Apple, saying Apple is crypto's biggest wildcard because it's really true. Apple. Obviously, monstrous scale, largest company on the planet, depending on the day. Um, more than a billion people use an iPhone. I've, I've often thought, you know, I go into my, I go and use my Apple wallet on a regular basis. And I think, you know, it's, it could easily be a fully featured, you know, they could, I could add crypto to that so easily and just, just turn or, you know, turn the industry on its head. Um, you know, that, they could they they could decide to make a secure on ramp to web web three. That's what uh, this article is saying. You know, browser extensions in Safari could be could be the way in. You know, Tim Cook Tim Cook has said he owns crypto um, in his as a part of his diversified portfolio of many many billions of dollars. Um, but it's just it's Apple has been surprisingly quiet on a, on a, on a on a real a trend that feels like it's it's unstoppable, and we haven't we just haven't heard much from them. And but, also, but, uh, sure, you go ahead there. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I really, maybe the question, for, for, I'm curious about your thoughts. I mean, we just talked about, you know, Dorsey and, uh, and, the, and the Musk. They're, you know, they're, 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 the, they're poo-pooing the Web3 idea. Now we're talking about, you know, Apple is a wild card. So you're talking about a Web2 company. You're relying on, you're at the mercy of a Web2 company to, 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 to the success of Web3. What does that say? <laughs> to, to the to the future of Web three. No, I, it's it's a legit question. I, I have been really thinking about this, and I I don't have a good answer. I feel the arguments are on both sides are very very legit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also think some of the other stuff that Apple prides itself on, like privacy, and that stuff, lends itself to the Web three universe, which is decentralization, privacy, own your own data, like. You know, these days you can now shut off who sees if you opened up an email or not. It's like it feels like they've moved further in the direction of some of the Web3 principles, I guess, is the the better way to say it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's a good question, Dan. I I don't know. Um, I think there's I think ultimately there's going to be this. I, I don't know, existential battle, but this battle of. Is Web3 going to be built by 
you know, um, some of the companies that are currently building it or for it to really reach massive scale, does it need a Microsoft Apple type to jump in full steam uh, and bridge that crypto enthusiast large scale population? I don't know. It's well, a, it's a question I don't I don't think we'll know the answer for a couple of years at least. I mean everything's moving so fast, so maybe it's it's going to be a little bit rapidly. But I still feel like there's a, a few years of this figuring it out yeah. stage. Well, let me just say one thing before we move on. Um, I think Web three needs a good on ramp. It doesn't have one yet. If you try and go and yeah, you know, it, any of these tokens, it's a it's a total pain in the ass to to buy them to stake them. It's not. It's not easy. It needs it needs a complete overhaul of user experience. Apple is the king of user experience. Um, you know, I, I way I look at it is Web three needs on ramps. These on ramps can be provided by Web two companies, uh, and and I still I think still maintain a lot of the integrity of Web three. But anyway, let's move on. We're going to stay with crypto. Uh, we're going to go over the across the pond and uh, talk about the EU, um, the Markets in Crypto Assets Legislation, otherwise known as MICA, M-I-C-A. Um, it advanced this week. Um, and originally there was, they were thinking about banning, which would effectively been a ban of Bitcoin, banning proof on proof of work. Um, they have not. They took that out at the last minute. Um, now, this is not legislation. It's kind of like, the way I look at it, it's almost like legislation coming out of committee in Congress. It's, that's the equivalent in the EU. There's going to be a lot more um, lot more debate about this legislation. But um, they, the EU have said they aim to have a regulatory framework for digital assets by 2025. So they're not rushing things. Um, so <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but it was good. I mean, in many ways, the, the Bitcoin is not going to be banned as the way it looks like right now in uh, in. You. I feel like the, some of the same arguments happen when you talk about energy consumption and crypto. It's like there's there's the argument on both sides um, that it's you know it's super um, uh, energy intensive and and hurts the environment, but at the same time there's others that that can argue uh, against it. I, I think the um, the more interesting part is that 2025. Uh, is I mean a lot's going to ch- change between now and 2025, and if they're developing uh, you know rules or regulations or at least a framework, like it feels like how outdated is that framework going to be by 2025? Hey Tom, that's <laughs> I think 2025 is pretty pretty fast in my in my view. I mean think about <laughs> I guess from a regulatory perspective. Yeah, from a regulatory perspective, that's uh, that's I wouldn't call it a fast, but that's 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 what I call expected. That means the regulators are doing their doing their job. No, I, I think I mean crypto ban or a Bitcoin ban. I mean China did that, right? Yeah. So does that really stop any 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 Chinese person to to own Bitcoin? I'm sure there are ways for them to to bypass that the, the green wall to do mm-hmm. that. So. I mean, if this did become, unfortunately, you know, law in EU, I'm sure you're, there there will be a, you know, Europeans will will vote with their feet. They're going to buy Bitcoin from other ways. Mm-hmm. So, I, I just feel like I mean, I'm glad they they voted down. You know, I think the vote was twenty, sorry, thirty to twenty three. That was a sensible vote. But I can I can't imagine even in today's age where, you know, people in you know in power still think they can. They can just use rules to ban certain things that are, you know, obviously controversial. But uh, there's a strong usage 
um, and it's, it's a valuable asset class. Mm-hmm. If Tim Cook uses it, I mean, I'm sure Tim Cook will, will, will be filing a complaint if this one was banned. Right, right. Okay, well, let's move on. We're going to talk about actually your former employer here, uh, Dan, the CFPB. They uh, they began an inquiry into buy now play. It made, made a big lot of news. We covered it here on the show in December of 2021. Uh, the BMPL platforms had until March one to provide answers to a whole bunch of regulator questions. Public comment is open until March 25th, so another eight days as we're recording this. Uh, and the CFPB said they're going to move pretty quickly here because you know buy now pay later has just exploded on the scene, um, and uh, there could be uh, you know there could be a new set of recommendations coming fast. Um, they are they are gathering public complaints, um, and uh, not a whole lot of complaints considering the volume that is going through a lot of these platforms. But uh, Dan, love to get your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I mean quickly. I mean define what quickly means. We just talked about twenty twenty five for crypto is. In my view, it's pretty reasonable time frame. Um, I mean, the CLPB's hands are kind of tied as of, as of now, right? So I just want to say that was a that was a sort of order that they issued to the to the top, you know, buy and operator firms to gather information. Um, um, and uh, the quickest they can do is to gather, you know, the input and the write a report. And uh, that will be naturally the, the next step. And for them to really engage, embark on a rulemaking exercise, that's going to take a, a long time to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always think the more immediate thing they can do, obviously, look at the, the tools at their disposal. You know, the first thing that comes to everyone's mind is enforcement, right? right? So are there any unfair, deceptive, or abusive practices that these companies are engaging so they can use that tool to do that? And one of the sources of, of such information is obvious, obviously the CFPB complaints database. And, uh, but if they really want to think long-term and to put a, uh, you know, a, a more um, regulatory, more sort of you know, certain certainty to put more certainty to the market, they have to engage on rulemaking. Um, and the larger participant rule will be you know, naturally their, their choice of tool to do that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, if you want to make them credit, you have to talk to Congress. Congress have has to pass amendment to truth in lending, uh, so that uh, you know the truth lending uh, truth in lending protections can be extended to BMPL. Otherwise, you just have to expect companies to do this on their own voluntarily. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't see any any substantive, you know, policy changes in the in the near term. But the CFPB can definitely signal to the market this is what they want, and I think it's more likely that. Uh, the industry will voluntarily adopt some of those things that are already in, you know, truth in lending uh, to their customers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of just sets them up if they were to voluntarily do it. I mean, it's kind of like you're implicitly working with the regulators in that sense when you start doing stuff like that, right, Dan? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the CPB can. Uh, it, you know, using overdraft as example, right? So there has been lots of market pressure, the competition from Chime, Viral of the world, mm-hmm. forcing FIs to say, you know what, we cannot really indefinitely continue this practice. Let's just drop the fees for good or let's just cut the fees. Then the CMPB chimes in and say, hey, we, you know, we, we come up with this report. We, we put a lot of pressure on you and the more FIs sort of, you know, uh, fall in line. So I, I think, I think, you know, I'm not I'm not equating BNPL to to you know yeah. to 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 overdraft obviously, but I think we can see similar dynamics happening here when you know a long term policy rulemaking is going to take a long time because it's long term. In the short term, you can use enforcement and other 
pressure, public pressure, you know, to to uh, to to uh, to encourage, to nudge industry, to move in the direction that you you feel you think is desirable. Okay, we're going to move on. We're going to go back to the world of, of DeFi here for a second. Um, Quadrata, um, which is a relatively new company, actually a very new company, started just last year in August. Um, they have they, they made an announcement uh, this week that um, they have now got a Web3 passport for KYC on DeFi. Now, there's a lot of if I, 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 people are just casual listeners, they're not going to know what the hell we're talking about. But you know, basically, they have you know for DeFi decentralized finance platforms. That one of the things that that they that really is a sticking point and that that regulators hate is the fact there's no KYC or AML checks on any uh, any of the this activity going on here. Now, what Quadrata has do they they really are working with Spring Labs, working with their and these are two people. We started Quadrata that came out of Spring Labs, um, and they're going to be working with Spring Labs on their digital passport with TransUnion, who is going to do sort of the KYC, um, and that's off-chain data. There's going to be no identity stored on-chain. It will be like a there's going to be stored in NFT. They say, but it's going to be like a blue check mark, you know, like a, a Twitter blue check mark, just saying yes, you have been KYC'd, and you'll be able to then. It only works it works with Ethereum mainnet now. With um, you'll be able to put it in your MetaMask wallet or, or, or other wallets, I believe, and it's um, it's going to do provide uh, a little bit more certainty, and it gives us a chance to actually have more financial products on um, on DeFi. I thought it was, I think it's a pretty pretty interesting um, development. Can you buy that NFT? Yeah, the the NFT is not going to be on marketplaces. You cannot buy and sell the NFT. <laughs> I, I was laughing the whole time you were talking about it, Peter, because it took you a good minute and a half to get through that, yes. which goes to your point that you were saying before of how far the industry still has to go to make this usable to the everyday person. And some of this stuff obviously happens in banking. It's in the background that people don't care about either. You know, there's KYC stuff that goes on in the background. There's sharing of data. There's and and most people don't necessarily care about that. They want to swipe or they want to open an account. They want to fund the account. They want to buy a stock. They don't necessarily care about how some of that works. But um, you know, there is a lot of complexity here that I think the industry still needs to figure out in a way that is widely consumable. That it doesn't feel as if Oh my God, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. And I still think there's a way to go there. I, I agree with almost everything you said. It's it's super fascinating that getting TransUnion involved, keeping the data off chain. Uh, but there's still it's just it feels like there's still so much to go to get this to a place that everyday people can just use it. Yep. I, I think it's really a fascinating application that they are they are developing here. I think you know, as an investor, I'm you know sort of you know I think my antenna just 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 come <laughs> up. You know, I think it's it's really interesting. You have uh, you have a token on chain, and you you really which doesn't store anything, right? There's no right. TI in the token. The NFT is not tradable. You cannot sell or buy. And uh, every time someone you know a DeFi app that really pings the app, uh, pings the token, then you you can you can you know instantly KYC. The customer, um, and uh, um, and I think this is a really nice bridge from off chain to on chain. And I think you know, obviously, you know, all, all three of us, I'm sure, we're using some DeFi apps. So if these mm -hmm. guys are seeing value using them, 
I think there, are, I think there's something there. I especially if if Web three is going to be the future of financial services, I think that you know we are going to really see a lot of bridges between off chain and on chain, and uh, I think they are probably you know I see them as one of the pioneers doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, that's I, I think it's extraordinarily fascinating, and because uh, I feel like the there's just there's so much that needs to be built, and this is just one of the. I think some of the coolest things. things that you just said was you mentioned TransUnion, mm-hmm. old school financial services firm, working with um, you know uh, Spring Labs with Quadranet, Ethereum Mainnet. It's all the you know it's Web two, Web three, old finance all coming together. And I, so to me, that that's the, um, you know, the most fascinating of, of the takeaways is you're already seeing old, old and new coming together. Yep. 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 Anyway, let's move on. Um, also in the news this week, Green Dots. We don't talk about them very often. We talk about Plaid all the time, um, but Green Dot <laughs> and Plaid are, are doing. Did you get your settlement thing. yet, Peter? <laughs> Sorry? Did you get your settlement yet? <laughs> i um i don't I, I don't know i think i might have opted out of it i didn't feel like i should be taking uh I, I, I was not harmed um so anyway the um go-to bank is green dots digital bank and uh, and what they get it serves this sort of underbanked population they are in walmart stores and a whole bunch of other places that uh these people can just get you know sort of bare bones financial services, but they weren't integrated with Plaid and now they're going to be. So you can now sort of use your go-to bank as your actual bank account that can then be, then all of the other, um, all the other fintechs and banks that want to, that want to access sort of that information is can now be connected through Plaid. So that's, um, that was a, I guess a win for, for Green Dot. Is that, is that a, so I honestly, I'm, I, when I read the the the, uh, the headline, I was scratching my head, and I read the article. I sort of still scratched my head. I had to read read it twice before I realized, and I could still be wrong. That this is just basically a a data bilateral deal between Plaid and Greendell, where Greendell users, sorry, where uh, when Greendell users connect their you know go to bank account with let's say with with uh, with Venmo. Um, they don't need to. Plaid does not need to store their credential. They can just exactly. do this API. That's that's right? that's exactly. That's what is okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was right. Okay. So I think yeah. Uh, so Green Dot entered deal with uh, Finistate last year. So this is their second deal with a major uh, aggregator. So probably in a few months we'll see Green Deal striking a deal with uh, probably Amex or uh, or Yodley. I think this is really the future. Uh, where you know screen scraping or credential based access will be curtailed, yeah. and uh, more secure access mechanism will will prevail. Mm-hmm. Yep, and and you know I think it's funny you said we don't mention Green Dot uh, very often, Peter. Um, I don't think they get enough credit for some of the stuff they've done to at least help people that are in that um, you know kind of maybe on the outskirts of, of the financial system. Um, and for a long time, they've had the prepaid cards Yep. for people that didn't want a traditional bank account or couldn't or, or whatever the, the case may be, and, uh, have been able to increase the amount of people in the financial system for a long time. And I know recently they shifted to more of that Bass embedded model. 
Um, but uh, I still think they're they're doing interesting things for the the consumer, especially the ones that are yeah um, you know lower income. Exactly, they've got their core their their core um, customer base really needs needs banking services and uh, they provide they are providing a good service there so anyway i want to move on to another interesting article this one concerned opfi and actually it was last week but uh i didn't find out about it till after our news show um last week so anyway i opfi filed a complaint against the california what's that department for um financial Protection, protection and, D- and innovation. Yes, protection and innovation. Right. DFPI it used to be. I had a different name uh, until recently. I still haven't quite got the acronym down. Um, but anyway, they're basically saying that you know, like valid when made has been reaffirmed by the OCC, the FDIC, uh, a U.S. District Court actually reaffirmed it. And and what they're saying is that you know, because because Opfi work with a partner bank, the partner bank issues the loan, um, and then you know. The, the enshrined in this is the fact that this is a valid loan where that state chartered bank is is located and then it's sold and it doesn't um it can be uh you know there the what california is saying is well this is this is above our interest rate caps but you know this is there's there's already there's laws on the books that allow this and so and i i like opfi i think they they, they get a bad rap sometimes but i think they're a, they're a good company and um they're uh, they're going out against the state of california my, my, well, so Alfi um, decided to settle with the, uh, the, the, the AG in DC yep. on a similar, uh, similar complaint, but obviously DC is a much smaller market compared to California. So, I, I, so the one thing I, I want to say is Alfi may win the battle, but it may lose the war. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, the loan is, is issued by the bank, and the bank can export interest rate to, to any of the 50, 49, the rest of 49 states. Um, but, uh, but I think the bigger question is, uh, is, uh, what, what does the FDIC think if, if the FDIC or the OCC, you know, not, not as a, as a matter of law, but as a matter of preference or guidance, tell their supervised banks not to work with, uh, firms like Opfi, then even if they win the core battle, they won't be able to, you know, continue the partnership. I think that's a much bigger, you know, yeah. policy question. Bigger conversation too, because I think that's uh, you know I, I believe that you know people should be able to um, be served because you, know, you, you can you can you can make the argument okay then Opfi can't operate then what is someone going to do who doesn't qualify for credit anywhere else and because um, Opfi is working with uh, you know these subprime consumers and they they default a lot and so you have to have high interest rates and uh, anyway I, I'm uh, I feel like the the government has never, I've never heard of a good op, good alternative. Okay, let's just cancel it. Let's just cancel it. But let's, let's provide an alternative. And I haven't never heard anyone really come up with something that uh, works. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's end with um, something that's, uh, I think, <laughs> a little bit, little bit light, little, a little, little lighter note to end the, end the, the news show. Uh, American Express. Um, the you know grand institution that they are has filed trademark applications for banking services in the metaverse or any other type of virtual world. 
Um, they, uh, they've done uh, seven applications that were filed just uh, last week, March 9th. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that Amex wants to potentially offer virtual payments. They're going to have a, pop, a pony. They're just going to yeah. put a pony in there like uh, <laughs> JP Morgan did with that tiger. That's right. So, so they haven't talked about offering creating a bank branch like JP Morgan did, but they want to clearly, I think this is a defensive move and say, right, if, uh, if the metaverse takes off, we don't want to be left behind. That's what it looks like. What do you guys think? Hey, don't want to be left behind. <laughs> I may not know what the hell that is, what the future <laughs> lies. I want to have a, you know, just like a, you know, Visa bought an NFT couple. You know, that was the last sometime last year. Yeah. They, they, I think it's a, it's a good thing that these large banks are are experimenting, are are trying at least. You know, they want to have a seat at the table. And I think the same thing we just talked about about uh, Quadrada, uh, you know, TransUnion, uh, you know, is 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 a partner, and they, they, I think they're probably also investor in Spring Labs. And I think these are the these are the things we see the old financial you know financial service companies firms and uh, the the new age Web three they are all sort of you know working together. There's only one way to to really truly understand any of this stuff, and that is get involved. Yep. Uh, and if they're not involved, then clearly they're not going to understand it to a certain degree. You know, you get involved in DeFi, you start to understand how that universe and how that world and how transactions and on-chain, off-chain, all, all this language starts to fit together. Same with the metaverse. Eventually, we're going to hear all different language with that. And if you try and experiment, you at least get a sense for, all right, here's the boundaries. Here's what we can or cannot do. Uh, if you're on the outskirts saying, let's wait and see, eventually it could pass you by before you're. Uh, even jump in and so i yeah. think you're going to see a lot of firms start doing little things like this just trying to get a sense for what what this or that means today it probably doesn't mean very much but in two or three years time they can be like yeah we've been in the metaverse since 2022 yeah yeah it reminds me of something reminds me of uh, what you just said then Todd. reminded me of visa and uh anchorage um and buy it like they bought a crypto punk visa did last year when yeah, i think that dan was the, uh mentioned that yeah yeah so it's um you know that's the sort of thing where we have you know you've got to you've got to be in it to understand it you can't just read about it you've got to actually start using and and participating and i think that's uh that's what a brand express is doing anyway we are out of time but before we go a reminder we are just a few weeks away now i think less than 10 weeks till lender fintech Ooh. usa the, uh, the biggest fintech event of the year to date will be in New York City in person. If you haven't got a ticket, what are you waiting for? Go to lender.com. Anyway. If you're a startup, there's a program for you. If you're crypto web three, there's stuff for you. Digital banking, lending, there's everything for you at the event. Yes, indeed. So with that, <laughs> yes, thank you, Dan. With thank that, you. we will uh, we'll sign off. Be back here again same time next week. Actually, I won't be here. It's my birthday next next Thursday. So, oh wow, Todd Happy is early birthday, the- Peter. Happy yes. birthday, Peter. Thank you. Todd is anchoring the show uh, next week, and so make sure you tune in for that. Bye, everybody. See ya. Thanks, Take Dan. Care. Bye. Thanks.